field of dreams, learning the law of sowing and reaping. To me, this is one of the most profound truths in the entire Bible. I love it. Uh, my, my first experience with this was as a boy, as I would spend a lot of time with my grandfather. I called him my papa, and he had a huge garden every year. And I spent many days with him, and, and it was such a rich experience of this biblical truth. And I don't know if we have as many gardens as it seems like we used to. I don't see as many. But it is interesting in this virtual world that we now live in uh, with all the online resources and applications. One is called Facebook, and one of the apps of Facebook is called Farmville. Any of you know what I'm talking about? There are 80 million people that are involved with virtual farming. I don't know how many of you do it. I know somebody in this room does because last week, our young people were on these catwalks and they were helping us create an element at the end of the service so they had to be up there the entire service. And this young lady came to me after the whole day was over. She said, I got to tell you something. She said, far more adults are on their phones while you're preaching than young people. (laughs) I thought, that's a great lesson of sowing and reaping. We'll just use that one in the weeks to come. And she said, this guy who was sitting right beneath me, I just watched him. The whole service, he was doing Farmville. (laughs) This is a profound truth, and I want you to know that it's not just about money. I think many people associate this law with just talk about money, but it's truly every area of your life. Just as my grandfather would go out and he would start to work his field, which was literally about as big as this room. And there would be part of the field used to plant tomatoes and part of the field used for corn and part of the field used for okra. We called it okra. And then part of the field was used for purple hull peas. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Getting hungry? Why don't y'all come over to my house for lunch today? Uh, So he, he used this field for many areas. The field contained the potential of future harvest related to what he planted. And so I I come today to present this law and I'll look at this room as though it was a field and I have faith, my spiritual life, my spiritual growth, my family, my finances, and I'll even put fun because we should enjoy the journey. And what I plant in this field that is in front of me is going to determine the future that I realize. If I want a preferred future, I've got to understand the dynamic power of this law called sowing and reaping. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it'll be the starting point. You want to keep your Bibles open and available because there are many verses that help us establish this idea of a field of dreams. Genesis 8, 22 says, As long as the earth remains... There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Of the list, notice they are four things that will never change as long as the earth remains. Notice in the list of the four, three of them we can't control. We can't control seasons. We can't control the temperature. We can't control day being longer than it's established, or night 
refusing to give way today. Those things are just certainties and they are going to happen. Of the list, there's one we can control. And that is planting and harvest. Anytime in the Bible that God gives a list, it's called parallel in, in the way to read the scripture meaning. There's not one on the list that's more important or less important than the other. In Proverbs, God lists seven things that he hates. And it's number one is not something he hates more than number seven. They're all equal in his attitude toward them. All four of these that we see in Genesis chapter 8 are of equal importance. And I want you to see this. It's a way to think about this idea of sowing and reaping. None of us have any worry that this springtime will give way to summer. Just as we knew winter would give way to spring, this season will give way to summer. Last year we endured an amazing winter. But even as cold and as much snow as we had, we knew it would give way to spring. And then spring gave way to summer and it was like an exact opposite of the winter. It was an amazingly hot summer, right? And as many days as we had of over 100 degrees, we had in our mind, at some point, this gives way to fall and fall to... We don't live with the concern of, will this ever change? We know it will because it's a law. It's certain. Just as night has no choice, it's giving away to the new day and then day to night. And the temperature will be according to the seasons. And we don't mess with that. We know it's just set. The certainty of which you know those things, God wants you to carry that certainty when you practice the law of planting and harvest. That as certain as you are that spring will give way to summer with that same conviction, you need to know that whatever you plant, that you will also reap. It's just that certain. And so the Lord uses those things to help us understand this incredible law. And it affects everything. Now, if you believe it, then you can work it. I don't want to lose this law to what's happened within culture. At times, there's manipulation with this law, and we get this certain caricature of the kind of people who preach this, and and it's even hard to believe that I'm not going to turn this whole thing about money because we so often associate it with that. And the Bible uses this law to teach about finances. But I want you to know we can't, Lose this law just because some people have abused the teaching of this law. It's too important. I want to tell you, this this law is working whether we're really working it or not. It's still at work. And so I want you to just have an open heart and and gain some fresh eyes on this and let it bless you. One great truth that I'd like you to take home today, it's this. Now I'm going to give you the truth. Only one, it's what I want you to take home. But I'm going to spend about an hour and a half talking about it. Okay, here we go. Number one, God has given us seed as a dynamic source of provision and expansion in every area of life. Seed's dynamic. It's not static. That seed that my grandfather put in the ground, it wasn't static. It, It had the power to produce. And it was an amazing production that came from such a seed. This is important for you and me to know because our future is before us. And if we aren't careful, 
we'll look in areas of, say, spiritual life and we'll want more. Family life and we'll want it stronger. Finances, we'll, we'll want greater order and, and more. And we'll say, Lord, I want to pray for more spiritual life, a greater family, and Lord, bless my finances. But here is a lesson that I learned as a little boy. My grandfather, early in the morning, he would pray over the field, but he didn't pray and then confess harvest. He prayed and planted for a harvest. Then he confessed because he had joined in partnership with God and he could attach an expectation on the future, a preferred future, because he was planting with the expectation that he would reap what he would sow. I want to do a sermon series on prayer. I'm going to do it at the end of this series. This series has the potential of going until the rapture. But if we should finish and the Lord should tarry his coming, we're going to go into prayer, and I want to call it how we conquer. I want to talk about the power of prayer. But if we don't learn this, then we may use prayer as a mechanism to try and get God to bypass a law that he's put in place and we'll ask him to work in these critical areas of our life and future and he's saying back, what are you doing with the seed I gave you? Give me something to bless. So God's put a dream in our heart and from the beginning of time he established a law which we could use to dynamically expand. You see, we will reap whatever we sow in every area of life. It is important to know that you can have an undeserved harvest. And that can be negative or positive. There can be actions of another that can reap incredible negative consequences on your life. Many of you know what it is to, to be living in a negative harvest, and you didn't plant it. Somebody else did. Anyone who's a child and abused by an adult, that child gets a negative harvest off the sins of another. On the positive side, right now, we're all living in an incredible harvest off of the planting and the sacrifice of people who've gone on before us. So it happens both ways. How do you deal with an undeserved harvest? This great brother right here is a crop duster. And I'm going to talk about in the future, you got to crop dust a negative harvest. And what you dust it with is a prayer that Jesus established. And if we'll work that prayer, we will learn to deal with grace and progress in the midst even of a negative harvest of which we had nothing to do with. And we'll learn to deal with humility and gratitude with a harvest that is blessing us that we had nothing to do with. If the Lord doesn't return over the next hundred years, there's going to be a lot of us that are going to be in heaven, and what we are doing right now is seed in the ground that's going to be the harvest for a future generation to house what God is doing. So they'll be living in a harvest that we plant. Here's the word, Galatians 6, start at verse 7. Don't be misled or don't miss this. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Other versions say in due season. The Lord knows at just the right time to bring the harvest. You will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. This is the law of sowing and reaping. This is not the principle of sowing and reaping. It's the law, like the law of gravity. And it doesn't matter my opinion of the law of gravity. It's at work, and, and I don't break that law. It could break me if I abuse the law. The law of sowing and reaping is in place. So if I plant good seed, I'm getting a good harvest. If I plant bad seed, I'm going to get a bad harvest. I'm living right now in the harvest of seed I've sown. Let's turn it into the amen zone. My harvest today is what I planted in the past. Okay? If I don't like the harvest that I have, I change the seed I've been planting. If I want greater spiritual life, I begin to sow the seeds that are actions, attitudes, of spiritual disciplines in that area of my life so that my future will be a harvest of spiritual life that right now I don't have. A greater family life, finances that are more in order and expanding, I begin to sow different seed for a different harvest. We can't mock God. We're going to reap what we sow. If I don't like the harvest, change the seed because I'm going to also reap in proportion to how much seed. I sow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, he will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If I don't like the harvest that I'm living in, I've got to plant different seed. If I want more harvest in a certain area, I've got to plant more seed in that area of my life. Now, when Paul wrote that, just so you understand the context of that passage, he was talking absolutely without a doubt about money. But that threads through all of the teaching on the law of sowing and reaping throughout the whole Bible, and it applies to any area. I'm going to mention a name, Hitler. What did he sow? Evil. And there's still a harvest coming off of the evil of his life. He sold so generously into that sinful nature. And there's still a result. Another name. Mother Teresa. Get all different feelings. Because she lived a, a different way. And she sowed so carefully seeds of compassion. Tender-hearted compassion. That it still reaps a harvest of love. It still motivates people to learn from her heart for God and for people. You see, that's the power of seed time and harvest. Let me say it like this. We are a walking warehouse of thoughts, actions, words, energy, time, talent, money, which could be called seed. We're a walking warehouse of seed and it will meet us in our future. What we do today is our future harvest. And I don't want you to hear this as slick preacher talk. I want you to hear this as scripture. Don't throw this law out. 
because someone's tried to stretch it into something that it's not. This is the word of the Lord. This law, if you don't believe this, you're going to get caught up in spiritual fatalism. Like whatever happens will happen. That's not the word. At all. I've had people say to me, Ron, you say often that our past is not our future. If I've made any statement over the three years, that's the one I've made. I believe that God can do such a work that your past does not have to be repeated and be your future. Then I've had people say, okay, how does that work? Here's how it works. You begin to pray and plant different thoughts, actions, words, attitudes into your field of dreams. And you walk into a preferred future. No more nightmares. Now dreams developing of the kind of life for which you were created. God says he knows the plans he has for us. They're good plans. It's an awesome future. Now I work in partnership and I don't just pray that in. I pray and plant and work and focus and watch what God will do. It just amazed me to watch this happen. As a boy, as my grandfather was actually working a field. God is the dream maker. And no matter who you are and where you are in the seasons of life, there's still dreams in your heart. Nothing motivates me more than challenging someone to not put your dream on the shelf. Don't give up on your dream. Don't deny the potential of that dream. But then to go a step further and say, if it's going to happen, you're going to have to work in partnership. God will do his part. And if you will do your part, then before you is a field of dreams that will happen in your life. See, I I stand before the field of my future as Israel did the promised land. And my future is my promised land. And as Israel, so for me, there are some obstacles, there are some giants in my field. And if I start looking at them, I'll let my head talk my heart out of what my heart knows is true. My heart knows that if I'll honor God and trust God and I'll work the plan, that I'll get the provision of God because God has a promise over my future. And the devil can't stop it because the future doesn't belong to the devil. But if I look at the giants or the obstacles, my head will begin to challenge The truth that my heart embraces. Don't you let your head talk your heart out of what is true. God is saying I've given you a dynamic way to expand. My grandfather would plant corn. And I would watch as he would put kernels of corn in the ground. And in due season there would be stalks 
and ears of corn. With many kernels on each ear. And I would watch as my papa would, he would eat some of his harvest. And he would save some of his harvest. So that he could sow it for future harvest. And I was amazed at the bucket of all these kernels of corn that was still left over even after they had enjoyed the harvest. And now when that seed was planted in the ground, he could have turned the entire field into a harvest of corn off of one kernel. One kernel of corn managed well. We could feed the whole world over time. You see, because you, you've got to understand the dynamic that is within the seed. There's something so important about this. If we're going to, to dream, then we will come into this thought of, as I think about my future, I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough time. I don't have the energy or the time to go deeper in God. I, I don't have the wisdom to be a greater husband or father. I don't. I'm strapped financially. I, I don't know how I'm going to ever dig out of this. And we consider our limits. And we give up on the potential of our dream. Forgetting the power in the seed. It was my grandfather who first taught me that little is much when God's in it. That one little kernel of corn creates a stalk that has ears of corn. That have many, many kernels that then you can put in the ground. And many stalks and many ears and hundreds, even thousands of kernels that can be put in the ground. You see, there's a dynamic. Your exit from need is your seed, not your surplus. Oh, you, Please hear my heart today. I think if we can understand the living nature of seed. then we'll start acting on this law. Energy, time, money, even words are seed. They are not static. I've, I've had this happen in my heart. I've seen this happen in, in church world. It's time for the offering. Offering bucket comes by, and I give, and I give grudgingly. I'm grieving because I'm seeing Money, not as seed, but it's static. Like, it has no potential. So when I give it, I have less than before. And once again, all my money ever says to me is goodbye. And so what we should do in, in the offertory is just, we, we should just grieve and moan. There it goes. There they go. They're taking my money. Put that money in that GL2012 box and just, just crawl back. Just crawl. Just, matter of fact, just go on and leave and grieve. Just grieve. Grieve. Because I see it as static rather than seed. And when I see it as seed, then I just put something in the ground that is alive. And it's got more life in it no matter how small. God's always done so much with so little. And there's so much, see, it's the dynamic provision for expansion 
the least little seed contained. And if I see it as dynamic, as alive, the living nature of seed, if I have an ounce of energy and I sow it, it's going to have a return. If I have one good word to say and I'll give it, it's going to have a return. If I have a dollar to my name and I'm willing to sow, it's going to just go ahead and cast your bread on the water. Because it will come back to you and it's going to come back far differently than the way you gave it. Like the corn in the ground. Pressed down, shaken together and running over because there's a dynamic to the power of a seed. Praise the Lord. It's it's amazing. If you lack energy, anybody will tell you if you'll exercise, you'll have more energy. And the natural mind says, no, I need my lazy boy. That's how I get more energy. Why don't they make risky boys? They make lazy boys. And because the, nat- the natural mind doesn't, doesn't do math that says, if I give, I've got now potential to receive more in return. Doesn't make sense that if I'll exercise, I'll get more energy, but it's the absolute truth. Seed, the living nature. Of seed. It's an expandable resource. You say, I don't have the wisdom to strengthen my marriage. You've got a kind word. You've got the power of a great attitude. You have the ability to do some research. That seed that'll come back in wisdom and ideas. And strategies. And in due season, your family life will reflect the little you had that came back so much. The living nature of seed and the loving nature of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. This is in the NIV. God is able to bless you abundantly. Can you say amen? So that in all things, and I love this, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We should all commit that verse to memory. Because it's amazing. It teaches us so much. Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church, and at that time, it was a difficult season within their culture and their city. There was a lot of pressure. Well, this is a difficult season we're having in our country. And so I think the lesson he taught them applies to us. God is able. The word able in the Greek is dunatos, which means he's powerful to accomplish. And it gives this picture that he's not tied, bound, limited by any circumstance. Within his own nature is all the power he needs to be good on what he promises. Which allows him to say he's able to bless us abundantly so that in all things and at all times we'll have all that we need and we'll abound in every good work. God has ability beyond the power or the negative consequences of this economy. You see, the voice of fear is real, but it's not greater than the voice of God's promise to you. God is not limited by circumstance whatsoever. He is able to bless you. So if I understand the living nature of seed and the loving nature of God, which says he has no limits, 
It is quite possible that this could be your best year yet. And if you looked around at circumstances, you would say, there is no way. But that's natural. You put some super in your natural. Then you've opened up the potential of a God, listen, who is able to bless you. How? Abundantly. When? In all times. In all things. So that you'll have all that you need. And you will abound in every good work. Why not that be the theme for 2012? No matter what happens around us, we have a source and a resource in our awesome God. He has all power and provision, and there's no current circumstance that can keep him from blessing you. Praise the Lord. That's good news. That is such encouragement. And if you can walk in the faith of that, now notice, I'm not saying, oh God, just cause the harvest to come up. No, get up early, work hard, stay up late, keep a good attitude, keep keeping on. You have your part, God has his part, but God will bless you. In due season, in due season. There would be times I'd get to spend the night with my papa, and he would get up really early, sometimes before daylight, and we would go outside, and he'd be working on the, his, his tiller, because it always needed work. And we would be getting ready for the day, and as the sun would come up, it would just be amazing to me over time. You just look, you see this harvest. And I can remember saying to him, Papa, this is amazing. See, it was dark and I couldn't see it. The light came up and I saw it. He said it was there even in the dark. He said, you couldn't see it, but it was there. And he said, here's something you should never forget. What you see right now was there when we put the seed in the ground. The minute we put the seed in the ground, We set in motion all of the activity for this to be our reality. There are two lessons in that. One is, maybe the light just comes on and you see this truth as one you can embrace. As one that's very biblical. You go, okay, it's always been there. Enlightenment is seeing what's already there. We live on the Arkansas River and there's a park bench right on the bank of the river. And I went out early one morning and the sun had not come up. And when the sun came up, I saw the river. And where we live, there's actually water in the river. So it's pretty. And, and at least there has been in recent weeks. And then there's all these trees blooming. And it's amazing. I couldn't see any of that in the dark. But it was all it was there. I just couldn't see it. It took light on that subject for me to see it. And when I saw it, it influenced me. Maybe the light is shining today on this subject that's always been there. But you've just not been able to see it. And maybe today you do. And you can be influenced by it.
Second lesson would be this. Once you act on this, you set in motion all that it takes for your field of dreams. We can be very selfish, but you cannot miss the truth of which will develop as this series goes, goes on until the rapture. That there is a righteous desire for more. From the beginning, God said, multiply. God has given you a vision and he's put in you a skill set, talent, time, experiences, all of which come together for the life he's created you to know. And there is a very righteous desire for more. There can be an unrighteous desire. But there is a righteous desire so that your life can, can develop, the dream can develop, and the harvest can come. And that's the blessing, that's the expansion That is the growth. That is the influence of your life. Increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. And God has given a plan so that that can happen. And we can bring our heart before God and say, Lord, check our heart. And with our heart being right, God, we we want for the future to be the best it's ever been. And we're going to cooperate in this biblical law. And Lord, as you bless, we're going to eat some of our harvest. We're going to save some harvest. And we're going to do a lot of sowing for future harvest. See, your life can change. Your future does not have to be your past. And I pray that the light is shining today. On the hopeful potential of a preferred future. You're going to have to get mad at it. You have to get an attitude. Say, I'm sick of this debt. I'm not tolerating this anymore. But you rebuke it all day. And it's still going to be there. See, that's that prayer. I rebuke this debt. Open your eyes, bro. You're still in debt. The creditors are still caught. Lord, I pray that you help me with this. I'm not accepting this. And then you get to work on a budget and sacrifice and work. And watch the two of those work together until in a week, in six weeks, in a year, in two years, you're able to say, look what God has done. My life, my future is so different. You want a better marriage? Then you can have it. You want a greater spiritual life? You can have it. There's no spiritual fatalism in the Bible where you're just subject like a pawn on the the sea of life, just tossed about in every direction. No, my friend, everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. If you set a target, you have a dream, and you move according to biblical plan, and you do your part, you'll not only realize that dream, with this I close, Paul says that we'll be rooted and grounded in the love of God that's agricultural. That's where we'll be planted. We'll be planted in the character and nature of God. And it says, then we will know the God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all which we can even ask or think. You will walk into a future and go, this is absolutely 
miraculous. I walked out into that field that my grandfather planted. I go, this is absolutely miraculous. He was very grateful, but he knew the sweat, the hours, the cultivation, the weeding, the enemies. He set me out in that garden with the 22 many nights. He said, protect this harvest. I love that. Shot anything that moved. <laughs> love it. You got to protect. We're going to study the passage where it, they walk out into the fields, right? in the Bible says, where'd these weeds come from? And Jesus said, an enemy did this. We're going to talk about that. So today I just ask you, let the light come on. Let it stir some energy, some fresh perspective and fresh motivation. With your eyes closed, let me just lead you in prayer. I want to start at this point. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ as the one who made a way for you to be saved and you realize your need of him and that he is the way, he is the truth and he is the life, he is the only one who can save you and forgive you and give you this meaningful life and you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, the light has come on concerning who he is in your mind and you want to accept him, just raise your hand right now. I'm looking because that's the starting place of all life change. You will have a a future that's a repeat of your past until you start there, your relationship with Jesus. You can't work this law and believe in the full potential of it apart from the relationship that you have with him because he's the Lord of the harvest. Anybody? Secondly, As you look at your future, you have your spiritual life, you have your family life, your finances, your career, the level of joy that you have or not. You see these areas of your future and you would like to see something differently than what you've had. And you're not just going to pray, you're going to pray and plant. And you're going to set an expectation for change. And you're going to live with the conviction that you will live to be in the midst of that reality. If you're single, if you're married, if you're single again, no matter your age, this applies. If you say, there's an area of my life, there's a dream... And I'm looking at my future today like a field. And it's just asking me to come and start planting. And you would want to say yes to that. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want you to know I'm the first person that's answering this altar call. I have some dreams in my heart that God's given me. And I'm going to start planting even more in the direction of those dreams. I'm already standing saying, Lord, I want to be the first to say yes. If that's you as well, why don't you stand where you are? Spiritual life, family, finances, career, relationships. I feel this in my spirit. Pastor Mark and the team are going to sing it. And I want to say it to you before they do. And I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to hear these words. And I want you to hear them in your heart. No matter what the past has been, I want you to hear this. It's a new season. It's a new season. Do you hear that in your heart? It's a new season. Field of dreams. 
It's right there in front of you. You get to start today. It's a new season. And your soul is going to prosper. And you're going to have a new thought process. Your thoughts are going to be edifying instead of depressing. And you're going to have a fresh energy. Oh, it's a, it's a, pros, it's a prospering of your life. And in every area, there's just going to be newness and expansion and growth over your finances, over your business, over your marriage, over your family, over your walk with Jesus. It's a new season. It's a new season. As they sing it, just receive it and then we'll pray. It's a new season. It's a new season. 